Good evening. Welcome to Conversations with Kenny. I am your host, Kenny Barrett, on the Blue Shift Podcast. Today's guest is Carlito, a.k.a. Drinks on Lito, <laughs> a.k.a. the DMV meme gone. Lito, what's going on? What's going on, bro? Listen, Lito, tell the tell people your backstory. So, in regard to what? Like, promotion or just it's me the, in general? That's the beginning. How, how do we get into the promotion world first? Ah, oh, shit. So, like, I got into promotion around about 2007. And uh, it was back when love was a, well, it was dream love, whatever you call it. Um, I used to pass out flyers. And so, um, you know, that was like how I got kind of got started, you know, passing out flyers. But then I realized after a couple of weeks, it wasn't for me. So I stopped. <laughs> yeah. So I stopped. And then me and my homeboy, DJ Prime, started doing parties at this place called Station 9 on U Street. This was like back okay, in the day, okay. though. Yeah, there used to be a restaurant, and so we used to throw parties on U Street, and then we got connected with, um, uh, what's it called, uh, Talk of DC, which was like Nate Enzo, and uh, matter of fact, uh, what's his name, KI, DJ KI. Okay, okay. Me and KI, I knew KI from back there too, DJ Golden Boy from down Miami, him and Anton Alexander and all them used to do the parties with us there, so that's how I got really into it. So before before you got into the flop passing out the flyers and you realized that that wasn't for you, what was what made you say, okay, you know, I want to dive into this party world just to see what he has to offer in the first place? So it wasn't me. It was my boy DJ Prime. Uh, he was a DJ. Okay. Oh, he's a DJ. And so essentially he was like, you know, asked to do like a couple parties at the Station 9. So he asked me to come with him to kind of help him out. And so I would go with him, you know, help him set up the equipment. And then I started kind of like vibing with the with the parties and stuff. So I was like, oh, this shit kind of fun. <laughs> and so once I realized it was getting more fun, he started asking me to take pictures. He had a camera. Okay. So he asked me to start taking pictures. So that's how I really got started, started in the club game is, you know, being a photographer. I started mm. taking pictures at station nine and then it drew me on to start working with a guy. You probably not familiar with shy magazine. Um, shy was like the biggest, Club photographer in D.C. Listen, they say D.C. is known for its nightlife. They say some, yeah. some of the best parties on the East Coast. Yeah, so Shy was like the biggest photographer out here. And so he got me connected um, with doing like different little parties here and there. And my first party outside of Station 9 was at Stir Lounge. Oh, wow. Uh, Oscar, the um, one of the owners of Rose Bar, he, he used to be the man who ran, ran everything over Stir. Okay. And it was a Ray and Dave and Ray who basically was their party. Was the competition as tough back then as it is now in the city for parties? What you mean as far as like parties? As, as far as let's say. Nah, because back then you had the heavy hitters. Um, oh, the yeah, back then you had the real big heavy hitters as far as the promotion groups. Even now, like the same promotion groups back then okay. are most of the same promotion groups now. So you had the, the Dave and Ray's, the Wayne and Tony's. The uh, DT Nation, or used to they used to be called Listen, DT you're Nation. Some, some heavy hitters. Nation. I mean, you know, DC, that DC yeah. definitely known for his parties. Yeah, so you had like the real big heavy hitters back in the day. Um, that when I first started, that's who I used to like work with. Okay. Um, so you know, how has you seen? How have you seen the game as far as the nightlife and the party game change since you originally got started in this business? Um, it's changed a lot because you know back in the day, parties were like you know, who's who, like, it was like, you had to know somebody to get in, or you <laughs> yeah, was going to pay, or you was going to really pay a grip to get in a party, you know what I mean, back in the day, you know, when you, for example, let's use love, for example, 
you know, love lines used to be wrapped down New York Avenue. Listen, I just stood in those lines a couple Saturdays. Exactly, yeah. And if you ever been to love on a Howard Homecoming, then you know, yeah, you know what type of shit that, you know, DC's on when it comes to the party scene. And to be honest with you, like Mark Barnes is the reason why that DC party scene just catapulted to what it is now because most of all the promoters worked with him at some point in time and he kind of like basically showed us the 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 blueprint on how to make this shit successful and how to win listen i'm not gonna lie since i've been hanging out in dc and partying it's always been an amazing time yeah I think the atmosphere is different like i've partied in a lot of different cities but i just think that it's a certain dynamic and fun that you get when you come to dc the one thing i, I, I am curious about is in this generation now you don't really see people dancing with females in the club anymore What's your opinion on that? How the, how the dynamic has changed in the last 10, 15 years since you've been in the nightlife? I mean, a lot of it is the cool factor, though, because you got to remember, even back in the day, back in the day was a fashion show. People mm -hmm. still was dressing fresh and, you know, whatever the case may be. The difference is, back in the day, females kind of forced their way upon dancing on you. <laughs> like, you would get on a dance floor and a random female would just jump on your joint and start backing it up, and you yeah, ain't really had much of a choice. Nowadays is different. Like now you got the females are more on the fashion show than the men. Mm. And so like now the females, they want to sit at the couches. They want to, you know, be seen and, and look good without getting their outfit dirty or, or sweating or anything like that. So it's definitely changed. And then you got to remember we're in a new generation now. Definitely, is This generation, generation is, is driven more on social media. Back then, even though social media was still around, we didn't have our phones to where as though we could be posting on social media about stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't have all that. You had Facebook that and, and, and uh, what's it, MySpace? You had Facebook oh, and MySpace. Throwback. Yeah, but back then, it wasn't one of those things where you had the app on your phone to be able Very to really true. post on it. So now it's different. And it was crazy because I felt like back then, it wasn't a problem being in the club to be sweaty. Like, if you knew you yeah. had a good night if you were sweating in the club. Yeah, but Caribbean people know. They know how to sweat. Like, they don't play no games when they come <laughs> when it comes to parties. If you ever go overseas anywhere to any Caribbean country, man, like, ain't no standing up against the wall, holding up the wall, man. Everybody's getting that. You're 100% down. right. You're 100% right. It's just, I, I remember I remember DC and being known for the Love Club because it was just like a mega club. And mm -hmm. then you just looked up, and next thing you seen, you just seen a bunch of smaller clubs. Yeah, but you so back then you had just more than love, you know what I mean? You had H2O. H2O was like the 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 the, the second version of, you know, not second version, but it was like the competition to love, but it was different because you would have certain nights where you would go to love and then certain nights you would only go to H2O. Whereas though now it's so much competition because there's so many different promoter promoters and, you know, restaurant owners and <laughs> It's turning into clubs now. So, like, you got, like, a regular, like, lounge that was never known for clubbing. Now they turn into a nightclub because they trying to make that nightclub money. And I would say, do you think the, the, the venues that turn from a restaurant to a nightclub have success and longevity? In the yeah, building? because people like that close, intricate, intricate feel of being around each other. Like, for example, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Josephine's or... Oh, I'm not... I, w I wasn't in D.C. around those times. Okay, so Joseph <laughs> Josephine's used to have what they call a pit. And yeah. inside the pit, it's a big square where you're all facing each other. Okay. So everybody had to be in that pit because if you wanted to see somebody, you had to be in that pit. Wow. So that's how club, like, uh, that's how these 
smaller lounges are kind of like they're they're winning because they're smaller, so so they can pack so many people in there, so you have no choice but to see somebody. It, and that's what's crazy because it's become it's like when you're in a club now, it's definitely a light show, it's definitely a fashion show, yeah. and it's a who's who. Think about Rose Bar on that deck, in that middle part you where them tables stage. are. You ain't on the stage. Who doesn't want to be over there? Yeah. Like that's way. I'm a pro, I've been a promoter since 2008, roughly. And I'm still, I got to be inside that area. That's crazy. Because at the end of the day, like, that's where it is. That's where you're going to see everybody. And it's, it's just, people don't understand, like, it's just a different feel when you're in the atmosphere, you're in the energy. That DC nightlife can't lie, can be addicting. It can be addicting. What yeah, would you say to addictive. someone who wants to get into the nightlife now that's young, that doesn't really know the backstory to the DC nightlife? I mean, to be honest with you, to get into the nightlife takes some time. Like, I mean, because if you think about it, a lot of the promoters that was around in 2007, 2008 are still here. You know what true, I mean? And true. so, and they're the mainline promoters for a lot of the parties as far as their group is concerned. Um, the name, I mean, the name of the group uh, is what I mean. But, you know, so you would have to, in order for you to kind of like draw people to a party, you got to have something appealing for them to come to the that's, party. That's very true. You know what I mean? Whether it's a host, whether it's, you know, females, whether it's a, a, a dope venue that no one's been to that, 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 you know, they want to go to or some form of incentive, like, you know, the whole, you know, free before 11 thing kind of people be like, all right, cool. But people still do it though. So then my question is with the free before 11 promotional tactic, how have you seen, how have you seen that work? And has there been a downside to people coming in before 11? It's never a downside because okay. you want people to come in before 11, you know what I mean? But it's very effective because you have so many people in the city that either come to the city to visit, first move to the city who don't know nobody, or you have people who have just never been in, in touch, who've lived here forever, but haven't been in touch with the nightlife to where as though when they want to go somewhere for once, they got to, you know, get on that guest list. You, you know what's crazy? That, it's, that's a, it's crazy that you bring that up because I never really thought about the people who don't really hang out on a regular basis and yeah. they get into the club before 11 just to see and get a vibe of what's going on. That's, mm. that's a major key right there. Yeah, because you think about it. Most of the times when it's free before 11, it's open bar for an hour. Very true. You get them free drinks, whether it's real or not. And now clubs are kind of doing premium open bars to where as though now that's you get the game swag. Yeah, you get <laughs> that's the, a game changer. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And that's... And, for people that are introverts, you know, them going out for like an hour or two before the club gets real packed, that's that's a good move for them. Definitely. They like that because they can get back home before it gets too packed. Let's transition into the, let's say the host let's say the hosting aspect of the party planning. Okay. How how is that process when it goes to booking either top tier hosts or hosts or the or booking top tier hosts and how are they in relation to how people see them on social media? Okay, so, I mean, to give you, like, a perfect example of one, um, I can go to Cardi. Um, when Cardi first started out, um, she hosted uh, Opera Tuesdays. Okay. And what happened was I reached out to her manager, or I reached out to her on Instagram. And reached out to her on Instagram, you know, I got a reply back. Obviously, probably one Cardi was her manager. So, you know, set it up. You know, gave he gave us a price. And so when Cardi got down here, Cardi, you know, at that time, Cardi was a big Instagram person. Like she was big on she IG. De she definitely had yeah, a she was still making the IG videos in her car and everything <laughs> like that. And Cardi is actually who you see on Instagram. 
Like they, they ain't no. Like that. Let me tell you something. There ain't no sugar coating Cardi. When I tell you that the person you see on Instagram is the person she is when the camera ain't around, <laughs> she is the exact same person. She loves her fans. She tries to take a picture with every single fan. She is the only celebrity that has security that still tries to get into the middle of a crowd just to be who she is. Like that's dope. And so, that's like when you dope. book, yeah. So when you book in hosts, you try to look for the hosts that are going to be appealing to whatever crowd that you have at whatever party okay. you have. And so, you know, when you book in mainline hosts like a Cardi, no matter what club you have, you know people are going to come because it's fact. Cardi. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you get like a a rapper from like Texas that's dope, has a good Instagram following, but ain't really known out here. He might only appeal to a certain uh, club, to a certain crowd, because most people may not know who he is. And so, you know, people may be, in, you know, interested to see, oh, well, who is this dude? But a lot of people, if they sitting at home and they drinking their wine, it'd be like, mm, nah, I'm cool. I'm gonna... <laughs> Unless it's a mainline host. So out of all the hosts that you booked in your in your time in the nightlife, which one has been your favorite host besides Cardi B? Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. Either Lauren Hill, yeah, Lauren Hill or uh and I know you're just gonna sound crazy, but uh Trinidad James. And I'm gonna tell you why. Trinidad uh, Lauren Hill came well, so here. You gotta take us back to that night, because I Lauren Hill was crazy. Yeah, Lauren Hill Lauren came here on the night, it was snowing. We had booked Lauren Hill, and it was going to be crazy, but it ended up snowing. And even though it snowed, it still was still a dope-ass party. She got on the mic. She did a little mini little concert. We, I think I still got the video uploaded on my Instagram of her uh, singing at uh, opera that night. That's fire. And then with Trinidad James, his song, uh, that, that uh, one hit song that he had, had just finally like hit the streets or whatever, or hit... Uh, Hit mainstream, gold, gold all every, uh, gold, gold and everything, you, something like Slim that. Slim got, <laughs> Slim got the mic. My man got the mic and was walking through opera. Had everyone, opera was so packed that night. He was walking through the fucking crowd. I mean, just going, had the shirt off, everything, man. Slim was going at it. That's crazy. Yeah, he was. I would say them two were the best as far as. Then you got to say Travis Scott because. About to say Travis Scott showed I off too. Not see Travis Scott. Yeah, Travis Scott showed off too. But these are my parties. I've been to other parties where the hosts have been crazy too. Like you know, other promoters that you know book hosts for their parties where the party's been just as crazy. But speaking from my, you know, the parties that I do with uh, my team, Dave and Ray, like that's those are the best hosts. I think. Is there I, is there ever a time where there's like some type of form of competition between the promoters? Like who wants to be the top promoter? Or who has the pop in this party? Like how? Do, I mean, I just think that's an ego. That? I think that's an ego driven thing with anybody, whether it's promotion or even with podcasts. It's the same True. thing. Like at the end of the day, you you want the best party. You want to show people out here that you you throw the best parties because you want people to appeal more to your parties than they do someone else's. But it should never be a situation where you're telling, not telling people to go to another party because, you know, their party's wag. Like, it's no, we don't hate on each other. It's just more so like a situation where we, we, because we're in competition with each other, we're still friends with each other, but we still believe our party's better than theirs only because it's our party. <laughs> but those still our guys, we ain't, you know, we ain't doing no, 
you know, behind the lines. They're like, oh, fuck them niggas. No, nah, we don't do that, all that shit, man. That's just too, we too old for that shit, okay. man. One thing that I've noticed in the last couple years, as far as the DC Nightlife goes, is the transition into the brunch slash day party. Oh, yeah, the brunch parties have hey. really, but I will say this, the day party situation really, to me, in my opinion, came on the scene with uh, Rose Bar, Mon I mean, not Rose Bar Mondays, Rose Bar Day Party. Rose Bar Day, but uh, what's it called? Ozio's. Ozio's and Rose Bar kind of like really came into fruition on the on the day party scene. Okay. Then when it came to the brunch situation, that's when Griffin kind of came into play. And, you know, Ryan and them over there, they really kind of like blew up, you know, with, with the whole brunch slash uh, day party. And then Park just... Came out I don't of even know how to... <laughs> Park's, Park's brunch day party, like, just... I mean, it's you can't really. It's what's, just crazy. What's, what's, what was what is in your years of being in DC and hanging out? What is your most fun brunch or day party experience? Uh, I would say, well, I've had good experiences at Rose Bar day parties. You know, back in the day when they was like, I'm talking about when it was crazy, crazy packed. Like you couldn't get on the, the patio <laughs> pack. Um, Griffin, I've had when Cardi B hosted Griffin. That shit was like, I mean, it, it was crazy. And even with like park, the reason for me, the park vibe to me is a lot better is because I'm older now. Okay. And, you know, park still caters to all, you know, demographics and all groups. demographics. So like for me, I'm, I'm more chill now. Okay. But Sip when the wine, day party start, yeah, but when the day <laughs> party start, it's like, you got that turn up feeling you now, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when you at brunch, you know, it's like you, you, you could be sitting there chilling Somebody just jump up, start twerking because the music crazy and they having a good old time. So, you know, I mean, it just all depends, man. It, it depends on what you like in a day party and brunch because park could be turned up on a, on a brunch. It could be crazy on a brunch and it could be mellow some days. You know what I mean? It just all depends. I think that's the one thing I love about DC is the diversity that the city brings and the yeah. energy is just yeah. it's unmatched. Yeah, the diversity in DC is to me, unmatched from any other city that I've ever been to regarding the party scene. Yes, um, you know, LA, I mean, I love, don't get me wrong, I love Miami, you know what I mean? Miami's cool. Um, New York, I've been to New York. Um, I've been to a lot of different cities where the club scene um, is like, you know, it's crazy, but it's not like DC. Like, it's almost like DC, they have to prove a point to be on the yeah. on the on number one in the club scene, bro. Like it's almost, <laughs> it's almost like even with the women, dog. Like Miami, you go to Miami, it's all kinds of beautiful women everywhere. But it's like in DC, it's it's like these women live here. Like them women in Miami just come there. True, they they don't true. live there. But in DC, these women live here and they just come to the club looking. Oh man, I mean, all it's, the it's, time. It's a fashion show, like you said before. Man. It's definitely a fashion yes. show in the DC and then the DMV. That's why it's hard to settle down because shit, you, man, these women in DC, man, they, they be up in their game because <laughs> they be getting jealous about seeing other joints on uh, Instagram, so they be up in their game up. Do you think it's hard to find love? Do you think it's hard to find love in a club? Because you know that's one of the biggest topics in the no, world. No, definitely not. My ex, um. Me and her dated for roughly, what, three, four years, something like that. Um, and I met her in the club. Um, and me and her relationship only ended because, you know, we just didn't have that same feeling we once had for each other. It was nothing bad. We didn't have no effed up relationship or anything like that. It's just things kind of got to a point where, you know, we didn't catch it when it was 
turning downward. And so, yeah. but me and her are still best friends to this day. We that's still dope. talk to this Bro, day. That's super dope, Lito. Super yeah, dope. we still super talk to dope. this day. So, you know, at the end of the day, it just, it's just, it's not hard finding love, but people just don't trust enough because the club scene is the club scene. And it's not just DC. It's everywhere, bro. When you meet say, someone you know, in the club. They, they say the nightlife is undefeated in DC. And I yeah. just be like, ah, it's just, it's harsh. It's harsh out there. It's yeah, it's hard, streets. man. But, you know, it's it's all about who you are as a person internally. Because at the end of the day, we all have the power to be who we want to be or, you know, be the type of man or woman that we want to be. But, you know, when you're younger, like when I, man, I can't tell you how terrible I was in my early 20s and <laughs> mid 20s, bro. Like you couldn't get me to settle down with nobody back then because I was so busy seeing one bad chick after the other that because when I was in, you know, when I was younger, I didn't really have it like that. You know what I mean? I was attractive, but I wasn't club attractive. There's a difference. I keep trying to tell people there's a big <laughs> difference. Club being regularly attractive and being club attractive is two different things because you can be attract. I mean, you could be an okay dude to, you know, your people around the way that know you around the way. But when you become that man in the club, it's different. Why is it so addictive though? Because you your swag changes. It's like a celebrity. <laughs> think about it. Like you see these celebrity dudes and you think to yourself, damn, how did he get that joint? But it's the same. Like look at Jay-Z and Beyonce. Always a perfect example. Jay-Z ain't the most attractive dude in the world. <laughs> but Jay-Z is his swag is Next beyond look. anybody's swag out here. He's from Brooklyn. And his business ethic, he takes his life serious. He, you know what I mean? Like that man is, he's what Beyonce would look at in her future as Ooh. opposed to some dude that she just want to have a little entanglement with, you know, right then and there. You know, entanglement right now really is the buzzword because yeah, of, know, you right? know, things that's going on in other people's lives. We're not going to dive away in that because yeah, it's nah, not we the cool place on for, that. The gossip, for the gossip. This is yeah, definitely not nah, that. Yeah, we cool but on that. The piggyback on the nightlife. So I see that everything's been shut down in the DMV and on the East Coast because of this COVID crisis that we got going on. I see that you've pivoted to not drinks on Lido no more, but chefing with Lido. How has that experience been for you, for you so far? So I really got into cooking when my ex went to Kuwait and I ain't had nobody here to cook. So I kind of like I come from a family where everyone cooks anyway. Um, I grew up with all my cousins, my mom and my grandmother and my aunts and them, my uncles, they all cook. But I never really took a liking into it until she left for Kuwait. And then at that point in time, I started thinking to myself, like, man, I got to start making my own food. So then when I started doing it, it became real therapeutic. It was like almost like a, uh, it was almost like therapy for me. Like I would go in the kitchen and start cooking and it relaxed my mind. Mm. You know what I mean? So now it's like, now I'm trying to take cooking to another level where I have a career However, I want to be able to do this beyond my career. I want to be able... That's super dope. Super yeah, dope. I don't want to be a chef in a restaurant, per se. At least not right now. That's not my train of thought. But I do want to do, like, private events, private parties, maybe even be well, a private fire. chef yeah, that's fire. for people at times. You know what I mean? So, so what's your... What, right now, what's your favorite meal to cook? Oh, man. Shoot, you got me stuck on that one. My favorite meal to cook is probably lobster risotto. Mm, yeah. that sounds good. That yeah, lobster risotto. Yeah, that would probably be my favorite to cook. So, in in the last three days, how many times have you cooked that one? Not in the last three days. No, I've been switching up, man. I got, <laughs> listen, I've been I've been working on sushi now. I've been doing sushi for like the last oh, month man. and a half now, listen. and I finally got that. And I finally got it to a point where that shit actually looks like it come from the store. 
And what's crazy is people don't realize how healthy sushi truly is for you. Yeah, and it depends, I mean, on what sushi, because raw eating raw food is never considered healthy. Healthy. It's never, I mean, because you know you're consuming raw meat, you know what I mean? So it's never considered healthy. However, I I personally have tried raw sushi, never been my thing. Um, Most of the sushi I do cook is cooked sushi. Um, so, but I mean, to each his own, I, I can do both now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's dope. That's super dope. So with the, what are the things that you want to accomplish from this cooking? What, what are some of the things that you see yourself accomplishing since you've been in this cooking field going forward? So you said you potentially mm-hmm. would like to do private, uh, private cooking. Could yeah. You, could you see yourself owning a restaurant? Uh, I mean, I get asked a lot about opening a restaurant. Um, could I see myself owning one? Not really, because I'm going to be honest with you. Um, you know, I'm not really the business type person. Okay. I've never been. That's why I've never been like that whole entrepreneur, go out and own your own business type. You know, I work for the government. So, you know, I've been OK with that because yeah. I've been able to, you know, achieve a lot of things with doing that. But, you know, it's not something that I don't think about, because at the end of the day, I would say, you know, it's an option. But I would rather be a private chef, a traveling chef. Um, I do, once this thing opened up, I do want to travel a lot to different countries and learn their cultures on how they cook and things like that. And, you know, kind of like I watch a lot of Gordon Ramsay, man. He travels to a lot of different countries. He gets out there in the, I mean, in the trenches. Touches the people. Yeah, (laughs) man. I want to be able to do that, you know. But to be honest with my inspiration was uh, my boy, I don't know if you know him, but Nate Hopkins. Um, He's a, he, he cooks a lot. He's. I don't know if he can classifies himself as a chef yet, but he definitely is a damn chef to me. But he was my inspiration as far as cooking because I would see him cooking so much on Instagram and watching this dude, man, he takes so much pride in how he cooks. I think that, it, listen, it got me going, man. I think that's the perfect. I think that was the perfect transition for you because going from the nightlife to going into cooking, it's not even like you made a drastic change. You just yeah. put yourself in a better vehicle that was speaking to you with your needs were at the time. Well, the nightlife don't last forever for, uh, as far as like I, you know the what's crazy? I, I always wondered that. Like, yeah, it don't like, last forever, man. What is the what is the lifespan of the average promoter? Man, it depends because you know us in DC, we've all been promoting for years. I mean, all of us, you know. <laughs> Uh, Unique Society, Wayne and Tony, Dave and Ray, DJ Nation, A1. Like, we've all we've all been around for, I mean, years. Like, I've known most of these promoters in upwards of 10 to 12 years. That's crazy. Um, if not longer, you know, I've known Wayne, I've met Wayne and Tony and them back in the love days um, when they were, um, I forgot what their group was called, but uh, they had a, a little group with all little young the little young promoter dudes that was out here getting it. And, <laughs> doing their thing. Yeah, man. They was doing their thing, man. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, we all kind of been in, around each other for years, man. We came up in this club scene. Even with the DJs, man, you know, a lot of DJs are newer to the scene now compared to being around for 10, 12 years. Um, a lot of the uh, older DJs aren't, aren't, aren't in the clubs anymore, at least the mainline parties they're not. It's super dope to see the camaraderie against young black professionals in mm-hmm. this particular profession or industry, what we would call the nightlife in DC. It's, I think it's just super amazing. Yeah, that, that every that you guys have had so much success in the time that you guys have been invested in. I mean, it ain't been perfect. I'll tell you that much. But <laughs> <laughs> it ain't been perfect. But I will say this: even though it hasn't been perfect, you know, the reality of it is that we know that it's still a business. You know what I mean? True. Like, there's always going to be issues in business you're always going to have you know because when you're building friendships and you're doing business together it kind of creates 
a line, you know what I mean? And you have to be able to draw that line at a certain point where you don't end your friendship, but still keep your friendship and still have your business together. You know what I mean? We have our ups and downs just like anybody else in any business, but I feel like, like I told Big Mo the other day, man, we stronger together, man. Like all, when we do stuff together in DC, no city can touch us, bro. That was, cause that was my next question. I was gonna say, as long as you've been in the nightlife, what is the worst experience that you had that she was just like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this promotion thing. It's just, I don't know. Well, it was be- when I stopped uh, having a passion for photography. Um, I really woke up one day and just didn't have a passion for taking pictures in the club no more. And at that point in time, you know, arguably, because I say arguably because somebody else might have a different opinion, I thought I was the best in the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> at the time that I, I decided to step down, but me and Anwar were together doing the, the picture thing. And, you know, he was... He was my brother, but competition at the same time. Healthy and competition. You know, even though I, you know, he says he's the best, I say I'm the best. You know, we we agree to disagree as brothers because at that point in time for me, it was just, it wasn't fun no more. It just got to a point where I would walk in the club and I had no interest in taking mm. the pictures anymore. And luckily for me, you know, the relationships I built, it enabled me to continue working with uh, my brother Ray. Um, you know, as a promoter, he brought me on as a promoter. And ever since then, you know, I've been doing the promotion thing. And, you know, it's been our parties that you've been our parties. You see what we do. Like, yes, you know, it's, not, it's nothing like an opera Saturday. Yeah, man. Opera Saturday is nice, man. Yeah, that opera Saturday is at that Rose Bar Monday and that brunt. Man, look, man. <laughs> listen, guys, <laughs> listen. If we have in DC, I definitely recommend you do a, either a park brunch. Opera Saturday or Rose Ball Monday, you will not be disappointed. Yeah, you gotta do either one of those, How man. How do you see the city rebounding post what's going on right now in today's economy? Well, it depends. I mean, if the clubs are able to withstand um, the economic factor of being able to stay open, I know the mayor uh, helped out a lot of the clubs as far as being able to help them with the rent relief and stuff like that, which is good because DC Nightlife, I mean, makes up for, I think, what, 30%? Of like they do something like a billion dollars a year. I was flabbergasted. Yeah, they make up for like thirty percent of the district's you know uh, economic growth. Like it's crazy what DC nightlife does, and that's what shows how DC is so important. To I mean, the DC nightlife is so important to the district because at the end of the day, we need this. This is a money. This is a money making industry out here, and I feel like the only way it's going to be able to rebound is we're going to have to all stick together. You know the club owners, the promoters, even the uh, even the patrons are all gonna have to stick together and get DC nightlife back to where it was. Because when the clubs start opening back up, man, we got to fill them tables up. That's listen, listen, man. Yeah, man, DC, we got to, it's nothing like it. Yeah, we got to fill them tables. But I think I think in the overall, it'll be beneficial. Okay. I do think that it will rebound properly. I do think that it will be able to, you know, get back to what it used to be, if not better. And, you know, we're going to try our best to work to get to that point. And hopefully, man, if Trump start acting right, close this damn place down for like a month <laughs> so we can get these these damn cases gone and get back out there, man. Okay, so listen, let's seg- let's segue to the social media fame. Because oh. you know right now, you really, you're the meme, the DMV meme god. Yeah. So listen, how did the, where does the inspiration come for the memes that you create? Because I, mean, I know it draws so much attention. Yeah, man. So it's crazy because I used to post... And I know this is a contradiction to my Instagram now, <laughs> Drinks on Lido, by the way, but I used to post 
like relationship memes. Really? Like back in the day, yeah, when I, I didn't have the drinks on Lido name or anything like that. It was like Facebook and then my my other Instagram used to be uh, Carlitos, uh, DC, uh, Carlitos Way DC. I can't remember what the hell it was. Or DC Lido, <laughs> one of them. Anyway, I used to post relationship stuff. And then one day I started posting like some like real funny memes and it would get more appealed than the relationship memes. Okay. So I started posting more and more and gradually once I started my drinks on Lido page, I got to a point where I was like, man, people like this shit. And then people would come in my DMs every day like, yo, when I wake up in the morning, you're the first page I go to because I need a laugh in the morning. That's crazy. And women, it's so funny. Guys going to hate I say this, but women hit me up all the time like, yo, my boyfriend had pissed me off. And I come to your page just to make myself laugh to get over, you know, this nigga pissing me off. And to me, it's like, it's good because I'm like, at least I can help you not go crazy or you know, do some crazy shit. You yeah, just laugh definitely. off the pain. You know what I mean? And so even though the memes are offensive to a lot of people, I want people to know that I don't care. It's for, <laughs> it's for fun. It's for humor. It's for jokes. If a meme offends you, you can unfollow me. You can blog me. Do whatever you got to do. But at the end of the day, one day you'll come right back to my page because you will need to laugh. With the attention that the memes gardener, and I, I know your DMs is popping right now. Yeah, because you just mentioned that they they yeah. hitting your DMs and say, "Listen, you brighten yeah. up my day with these memes." Yeah, nah, they. they so probably. it's like, definitely. I see that a lot of people tend to steal your memes. Well, no, it's it's it, that's a misconception. We all take memes from the internet. Like okay. a lot of memes I take from other people. People when I make my own memes, they take from me. Like it, it's part of the meme culture. Before memers used to get upset when you would take their meme and post it without giving them credit. <laughs> Nowadays it's got to a point where they they know it's going to happen, so you can't really do nothing about it, and so it's not nothing to get mad at because what happened was memers used to build their growth off of people come to their page, so people follow them. Nowadays, if your page is on private, people come to your page every day, but they don't follow you. Mm, very you know true. what I mean? They, but they come to your page every day. So I got like what uh, not almost nine thousand followers, but I get three to four thousand people looking at just one story post that's listen. which means that it's so many more people that are coming to my page who don't follow me looking at my story post but they won't follow me yeah. and it's okay i'm cool with that that's the reason i leave my page on private but at the end of the day it's just yo i post this stuff for entertainment i take listen i'm telling y'all now i take your shit i don't give a <laughs> who you are i take your memes y'all take my shit too we even exchange even exchange in the mean world. Listen, social media, it's crazy to how when you look at when when the night when when you guys first got started in the nightlife to now and the influence of mm -hmm. social media, do you think that the influence of social media has affected the nightlife in a positive way or it just made it more it watered it down a little bit? Nah, it it affected it in a positive way because it brings money. More attraction to your party, the more people know about it and they make a decision to come to your party because you gotta think about it. When you sitting at home eight o'clock PM on a Friday and all of a sudden, your girl call you and you want, they say, let's go do something, but they don't know what to do. Where's the first place they look? The club. Social media, though. Yeah, yeah social media. They go media. to social media to yeah. see what's popping. Or they call somebody who knows what's popping. So, you know, social media is a benefit tool. But I will say this, people do get tired of the posting of the flyers and stuff like that. You know what I mean? The consistent posting of just flyers. 
you know, people don't, they get tired of seeing that shit. It's almost like when back in the day when we used to put flyers on people's cars. Oh, listen, I used to hate that. I used people to used to hate, hate especially that. when it rained and stick to your windshield. Oh, I used to hate oh, that. Oh, yeah, come people up, used to be mad outside. as shit. Oh, my God, I used to grab my Yeah, years. people used to be mad as shit, bro, back in the day. But <laughs> it's the same thing now. Like, people unfollow you more now when you're just posting club flyers. True. You know Indeed. what I mean? And that's all your page is uh, kind of geared towards. Your loyal followers are going to stay there. But most people, you know, who just hate the club flyers, they even mute you now or just unfollow you. Listen, you know, they say social media is the new party. It is, but that's what's going to change now. People going to start doing these little social media live broadcast parties, even when COVID's over with. They still going to do yeah, this. I, I definitely think the game has definitely changed. I think yeah, COVID has brought, even though COVID is taking so many lives and everything like that, it has brought some things that are going to go into the future and make money for a lot of people in the yes, future as well. Definitely would agree. Um, but it, that's no excuse for the fact that it, you know, it should have never came and it's taking people's lives and people continue to die from it. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you know. I will say the one thing I've learned that in every obstacle there is a blessing. We just have to look for it. So with COVID, that, so with the COVID, COVID, the coronavirus, it's like we've had to pivot to find other ways to be successful or to utilize our platform. To but this is a good, to, these are good success. times to do that. If Very you true. ever had a, if you ever had an idea in your life, this was the time to get it done or work on it so that when it's over, you can get it done. These are the times right now when you sitting in a house and you ain't got nothing else to do to start thinking about ideas on how to make more money, how to become more successful, pay, you know, get your, get your credit and anything that you, you had before together right now. And granted, Everyone doesn't have the opportunity because they may have lost their jobs, you know, uh, things like that, financial hardships and stuff like that. So we, you know, we all understand that. However, you know, for people that do, you know, and even if you don't, you can still come up with those ideas. So when it's over with and you do have that opportunity, you can take advantage of it. You know what I mean? Definitely. Definitely. These are times right now where people need to turn off the TV and open their minds up to different things where they can make different sources of income, you know, start looking at more people's Instagram and see what they doing that you not doing and capitalize off of something that they doing. Super dope. Listen, Lito. So this is the time of the podcast where we I like to call this the four, the final four. Okay. So I'm gonna mention four terms. I just want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the term. Okay. The first one is believe. Well, believe in yourself. I mean, that's the first thing you have to do is be able to believe in yourself, believe in who you are, believe that you can achieve anything. Don't allow anyone or anything to tell you that you can not achieve whatever goal it is that you want to achieve. Okay. The second term is learn. Learn from your mistakes. <laughs> that's the biggest thing I tell people all the time. The best way to mature is to learn from the mistakes you make. I don't like people who say, oh, people, you know, shouldn't make mistakes or they make too many mistakes. Mistakes is how you learn and how you get better in life. You're going to continue to make mistakes in order to make you a stronger person. Very dope. The next term is understand. Understand that you can do whatever it is you want to do as long as you have the enthusiasm to do it. It ain't, not, ain't got nothing to do with having the money and the, 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 the financial backing, none of that. If you have an idea, you can achieve that idea if you find ways to work on whatever it is you want to work on or, you know, do whatever it is you want to do. That's super dope. The final term is educate. Educate yourself daily. Read a lot. Turn off the TV. Put your phone down. 
a lot of education comes from reading. One thing that I've learned now is meditation has helped me, you know, in my in my path to be able to learn things that I never knew before. It helps me sit there for an hour a day, turn the TV off, turn the lights off, and just think about certain things, educate myself on things that I was not, you know, educated about either when I was younger or even now as a as a, a grown man. You know what I mean? This is the time, especially during this COVID, it's time to educate ourselves, especially, especially with voting. I want to touch on that because this is the most important election of our history. And I know there's so many people who don't believe in Biden, and that's fine. However, most of y'all don't believe in Biden because you're listening to what you hear on social media instead of doing your own education, doing your own research. Getting out and vote and getting this man into office is the most important thing that we can do right now. I understand that we need better, we need a lot of different changes for the African-American culture. But at the same time, those changes ain't going to happen with four years of Trump. I would rather take my chance with four years of Biden than four years of Trump when we're going to go right back another four years. So educate yourself on your voting rights. Educate yourself on anything you ever want to learn about. And that's all I got to say. Listen, thank you, Lito. With the, with the jewels you just shared, hopefully they'll make a shift in the next generation, the next person's life. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to Conversations with Kenny. Tune in next week. Can't wait till y'all see what the next guest is going to be. Thank you, Carlito, for your time tonight. No Enjoy doubt, bro. Good afternoon, baby. All day. My dog.